This episode of Broken Girl Unchained is brought to you by Kiara's Adult Shop, Takapa Media, and Monomer Marketing. What's up, guys? This is Juliet, and you're watching and listening to Broken Girl Unchained podcast. And today I have my lovely friend, as well as a past guest of ours, Mr. Billy Flynn. Thanks for having me. It's good to be back. How do you feel? How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Um, we've been locked down for a while. My girl's been locked down for two weeks. They stuck her out of work. They've closed all the courts out here for most of this month and through next month so it's uh, uh i got a delivery of um of seasoned logs and i've been splitting them chopping wood even though i don't have a fireplace just oh. because i need to do something to get my <laughs> rage and stress off so, so are you going crazy do you there. feel like you're having cabin fever yeah a little bit a little bit yeah uh, there's, you know there's, there's, there's only so much you can do before you know when you're trapped in the house before you start going crazy. Right, right. No, I definitely agree. I ha, do you have any advice for you know those couples that are trapped in a home, you know, on quarantine? Yes, yeah. Lots of sex. <laughs> Actually, it, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously that that helps. But <laughs> if you hate each other's guts, you're, you're gonna have a tough time getting there anyway. But really, the the thing that made a difference for us was um, you know we were getting frustrated and it was getting to us, and we we're spending a lot of time online you know, reading everything that's on there right now, social media is kind of a hellhole. It's just, you know, you step into a ball of stress and, you know, you walk away from it stressed and you bring that into the rest of your life. So we decided that um, <clears throat> we would limit the amount of time we spent on social media and we would also just change our attitude towards the day. And we've been trying to look at this as if it was a vacation for the two of us. So, um, you know, we're planning meals and we're making food together and, you know, we play video games together and we're setting aside time so where we just do not think about anything and just be in the moment and have fun together. So it's more often than not is like a vacation, but, um, you know, there's certainly plenty of times, especially after a couple of weeks, where you're very mm -hmm. cognizant that you've been locked down for a while and mm -hmm. you need to get up and take an ax and chop something off. <laughs> no, I definitely agree on that one. Um, no, well, yeah, I mean, we were talking to um, Patty Negri, um, yesterday from she's the ghost adventures uh, psychic medium and she was saying like you know this is the time where the world just needed to stop you know just stop and kind of reboot itself and um, I asked her I was like did you see this coming and she's like I seen a shift but I didn't see the whole dynamic so yeah. it, it was it was that that in that interview was so interesting and it was a good interview um, but That's cool. yeah. I've actually heard that from other people. Uh, last year, somebody told me that um, around March, um, everything was going to change for a lot of people, especially me. And I was like, uh, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. But you know, <laughs> there we go. 
Here we go. Hold on. Buckle up. <laughs> okay. So um, I kind of wanted to get you back as a guest just because I recently just wrote an article um, titled uh, The Devil Beside You, Narcissistic Traits Versus Narcissism. And you're an educated man. And being the fact that, you know, you and I, we both battle mental illness and we both... Um, you know, feel strong about uh, advocating towards men mental health and all that other good stuff. And I wanted to get your opinion on this. Um, after you read it, what was your first thought? Um, well, I have a fair amount of experience with narcissists, uh, not just, you know, people who, you know, everybody says, oh, they're a narcissist. I have experience with diagnosed uh, NPD and um, you, you know, I've dealt with it in the courtroom. I've had to fight against these people, and um, they can be extremely intimidating to people who don't, uh, who aren't properly equipped to dealing with it. And um, one of the things that I liked about your article was that you made a distinction between narcissistic traits and NPD, which is, you know, it's a, I, I think it's an important thing to note that um, you know you go through and talk about how there are certain traits that people have that are narcissistic, but they are actually healthy traits. And, you know, narciss narcissism is kind of a buzzword right now. So I, I appreciated you getting into that um, and, you know, discussing the difference. Yeah, for sure. And it's just because, like, once I, I don't know, once I, the first time I called my ex-husband a narcissist, he, now he's calling me a narcissist. And it, it was like, now I, you know, I work with professionals and I've educated myself. I'm not saying that I'm a doctor by any means, but once it becomes unhealthy, like in toxic where the manipulation and the lies and, um, that's when it becomes like just completely evil. Well, you use the term pathological, pathological, in the article, and that's, I think that's the, the difference, you know, when you get, when the traits turn to pathology and then it, it becomes problematic and it becomes, mm -hmm. it, it becomes a, a, a recurring symptom or a recurring issue that, that it's tough to get out from underneath of. Right. So I, I think it was important because I mean, healthy narcissism, I mean, we all need that. We all need that for self-love, for confidence, for, you know, for a lot of different reasons that make us, you know, a health, healthy minded human being, you know, and to set boundaries and all that other good stuff. But, you know, the narcissism, when you're dealing with a narcissistic co-parent, it becomes so overwhelming and so stressful that I don't think anybody, you, you can't get yourself ready for that. You know what I mean? No, I, no, I agree. It's it's not something that you can prepare for. But I feel like if you've, you know, done enough work so that you have the self esteem to realize that that's not the type of stuff that you should be putting up with. Um, that's that's probably the best way you can be equipped to roll into something like that, and really should be like that going into any relationship. But if you're well equipped and you know what you deserve and you know what you're worth, these uh, behaviors, especially some of the ones that you mentioned, will you know, they'll throw up flags and then, you know, really that's up to you if, you, if you're going to just keep putting up with it and convince yourself that it's something else or if you're going to fall for their spin afterwards. But. You know, it's really sad because I, I just see my kids going through it and my oldest, his love goggles just like came off and he's like, oh my gosh, mom, I see exactly what 
everybody is talking about, you know, and then, but now I see my middle child, he's completely alienated me from her. She's like blocked me yeah. and, yeah. and it's sad. For a whole different story. Yeah. It's tough. Well, I mean, because even without a narcissist, the, you know, parents are gods in kids' eyes, no matter how you cut it, even when they are being abused, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's always been shown that the parent is always a godlike figure in the child's eyes and it'll influence them in ways that, um, or, you know, that you can't always put a finger on. It's, it's like this aura of the parent. Um, so for them to, you know, come through and realize that, you know, this person is not behaving in an acceptable way and this, you know, this stuff is fucked up. That, that means that they've been shown something else and that they can see the difference now. So I would say that's a good job for you on that one. I'm just, I'm frustrated because it's like, how am I supposed to co-parent when the other parent doesn't practice, you know, um, morals, values, and honor, and integrity, and, you know, all that other, those main components that make you a good human being, you know? Well, and I mean, but you know they're trash. You know this guy is, you know, super fucked up, and you know he's not going to change. I mean, you've tried telling him about it, and he turns it around on you, so if you know they're not going to change, really, you, yeah, I mean, you have to say, you, you can't have expectations that they will. So what what is your adjustment? It's, I mean, we talked about this last time. Your mm-hmm. your adjustment is to keep doing what you're doing, and find a way to you know stop taking it personal and stop um, focusing on what they are not doing or making it difficult for you to do because that that's who they are. They're not going to change. It's not going to be different. There's nothing that you can do to change somebody to change somebody who has an you know a pathology that you know is has maintained itself for 30 plus years right right and i think that's that's one of the challenges is that is giving up that i don't even want to say it's control but like you know you're you're trying to you're perseverating on on the the behaviors of another as opposed to just sitting back and saying you know what i'm going to fucking control what i can control and the things i can't control i'll just I'll try my best to take them in stride. I think that's where I'm at right now. It took me a a few days after that incident where she completely blocked me and stuff. Um, And I knew that I didn't do anything wrong, you know, and then I had to call the cops and all this other drama. And then, but it was what she told the cop that was heartbreaking. She said, I mentally abuse her and that I belittle her every day. I was like, oh, oh that's, that's tough. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And like, even my other children were like, no, mom doesn't do that. You know? So it became. Do you think she was, she was coached or is that just something she said to hurt you? No, she was definitely, she didn't even know. I don't, I don't think, I don't know, but I don't think she knows what that word means. Belittle. She She's 14. Ah, she should know what that means. 14. I mean, I don't know. She doesn't talk like that. Well, I mean, it's an age also where, I mean, I can remember, you know, 14 is things you do just to be a dick. And then you, you know, you just, you're so wrapped up in yourself. You have no real concept of how you affect other people. So, if, I mean, if you're, they're mad at you, it could be her just trying to hurt you. But I'm curious if, you know, maybe her head's being filled with shit. Because that is something that we do see um, with people who have a lot of narcissistic tendencies and traits is they'll, um, they'll coach and they'll coach and they'll coach and they'll just convince you of things that are not true 
book because they repeat them so often mm-hmm. and create these scenarios that they relive with you or, you know, remember this and this and this and they'll yeah. retell it in a way that it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But if they tell it that way enough, you start to remember it that way. Uh, I, I tell people this, you know, if you woke up every morning and, and I told you and I saw you every morning and I told you your face was blue. And you knew your face wasn't blue, but I told you every freaking morning, sooner or later, you start to think that maybe you were the one who wasn't seeing mm. right in the mirror. And maybe your face is blue. And it's the same sort of thing. If you've got somebody dangerous like that that's coaching and repeating these stories and, you know, twisting someone around, it's, that's really tough. Because I'm, really, what can you do? Yeah, there's really not much that I can do. I mean, and, and it's exactly the way that you're saying it is that I know for a fact that there's no good spoken about me around that family and with him he doesn't talk about anything good that I've done he talks about all the bad stuff that I've done so when she when the cop told me that um that I mentally abuse her she took what I said by I can't be your mom on your conditions so she said that I told her that I'm not your mom anymore. Yeah, that's, that's, that's twisted. That's, that's, that's rough. <laughs> so I was just like, wait, what the heck? So I, and you know, I'm not that type of mom. So it, it's just like, this is the monster that I'm up against, you know, because he's, he's strategic like that. I have to remind my listeners that I do not make my fucking articles up. This shit really fucking happens. And not only that, but he's he's like he's went as far to sue my parents and sat there telling me that they didn't love me. He would be like, remember, they don't give a fuck about you anyway. You know, so it would be like, oh, yeah, that's true. You know, and why haven't you gray rocked this guy yet? You've known what he is for a while. Great work. Make yourself uninteresting. Stop having anything to do with him. Anytime he talks to you, just be boring. Never reach out to him unless it's specifically about kids. I, if he you, reaches out to you, never talk to him. On the, you just be boring. Be a gray rock. That's exactly what I've done now. And um, it's like I tried to do the right thing and do like the whole co-parenting and the whole like oh bring the family together and give the kids the family dynamic back you know what i mean because the i mean yeah, ultimately you can't do that with i know you gray rock only that's it that's your only call i know because they're all you're not playing with someone who's playing the same game as you mm-hmm. you know it's 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 full cut off and gray rock is i mean i've never seen anything else work Right. There's always an ulterior motive. Yep. And I've realized that. And and you know what? I'm just kicking myself in the ass because not I got burned. My kids got burned and everyone got hurt because I let him. I I tried doing the right thing. I tried co-parenting. You know what I mean? That true co-parenting. But that's not the right thing with a narcissist. It's not the the right thing to do with a narcissist. Mm -hmm. So. You know, I, I, you know, I always have this thing where I see people saying, oh, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with this person, they're a narcissist, or I'm dating this guy, he's such a narcissist. Once you have identified that that's what they are, the only solution is to remove yourself from them in every way possible and gray rock them. So there is no right thing to do. Like being nice to them is not the right thing to do. And trying to be a family is not the, the right thing to do is to cut them off because all they can do is do damage. Right. That's, that's all they do is do damage. There is no bonus here because any moments you get with them that feel like what you're chasing, the, the, the cohesive family, the, the decent co-parenting, all of that, anytime you get that, it's not real. 
yeah. there's something behind it. It's a manipulation. I'm telling you. Like, yeah. I, he... I mean, if you put it like if somebody says I'm, I'm dating someone of this or, or, you know, I'm off and on again with this person. They're such a narcissist. Whoa. You know, you've you keep setting. Yeah, are. this is the only thing to do. Yeah, like that's it. That that's what you said at the end of the article too. You said, "Look, if, mm. if you can get out, get the fuck out. Yeah, get the fucking right? run. Get the so fuck if out. you're dating him, if you know him, even if you're friends with him, you are fucked. <laughs> well, yeah, they're what I mean. Their their only goal in life is to get what they want, and and it doesn't matter who gets hurt, who gets. You know who who's collateral damage in the process. They, it's the only goal is to get whatever it is that's going to feed that need. Mm-hmm, you know that what I narcissistic mean? ego. Yeah. Right. And so, and it's even about them. You know, they'll they'll change their perception of things. Their their how they hear things. They're like how a they fucking chameleon, though. That's what amazed me about him. It's like now that I I totally see him for what he is. Well, you're in love, and you look past things when you're in love with somebody. Well, I always try to look for the good in people too, you know? So it's just like, I was like, no, maybe he's, maybe he's not that bad of a narcissist or maybe he's not, you know, and okay, I'll try. And my kids were really pushing for it. And I was just like, okay, you know, we started doing movies and we started, you know, doing family functions and then, and then he, yeah, all this shit unfolded. And then plus he fucked my friend. And I yeah. found out about well, that. I mean, yeah, that's fucked that's up. Pretty, that's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know why are we still calling that person a friend? <laughs> uh, no, I don't. No, I'm just saying she was my friend. But, you know. That's bait a lot of times when people think they're co-parenting with one and, you know, they start being super nice and everything. A lot of times that might be just because they want you to, you know, they kind of want to do this fucked up version of a love bomb even though you're separated and treat you really well to interfere with the new relationship that you currently have mm-hmm. um, but that happens a lot of people get sucked back in because they think it's going good but really it's you know like we said if if you've identified that that's what they are there there is no you know they're not getting better without intensive therapy and lots of work that's going to take years not days not months so if you've identified it you got to go so do you believe that a narcissist can be healed yes yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Only, only when, when, when the, you know, when the, when the cost of being that they are the way they are, you know, outweighs the benefits that they're getting from it. When it just, when, when being what they are, is, you know, is, is destroying everything, and there's just not another way around it, and they get finally tired of it. Can happen. They have to be, um, in my experience, they have to be very intelligent because they need to defeat their own mind because this is something that's not really in their control right Uh, they have to change the way that they think it's a very conscious thing um you know i talked to one before um who had recovered and you know they said that it was a lot of work they had to remap the way that they made decisions and they had to learn to constantly question themselves to say why am i doing this am i doing this for me or am i doing this for someone else or for the greater good or for this you know what that is so true because like I think pain changes people, you know, like real, not physical pain, but the emotional pain really changes people. At least it did for me. And I think that, you know, there was some truth behind some of the stuff that my ex would say about me back in the past, like who I was 10 years ago, opposed to who I am now, because every day I wake up and I, I bullet point, okay, this is, I'm going to have, I'm going to be a woman of integrity. I'm going to have dignity. I'm going to have self respect. I'm going to have the self um, confidence. This is who I want to be today. You know what I mean? And I practice those traits every single day. 
And I think it, it, I'm not who they say that I am, you know? So it's just like, I do think that people could change, but they have to self-reflect and, and swallow that shit pill. <laughs> yeah, it's a significant amount of work. And, mm-hmm. the, you know, they do need to be very intelligent because of the type of work that it is. It's, it's a, they, they basically have to have self-awareness on steroids because everything they do is mapped out in, in, for, in a fucked up way for fucked up reasons. And they have to change all of that. Mm-hmm. So they have to be extremely motivated to change and they have to be working on it all the time. So if you have a narcissist that, you know, is doing the, oh, I'm going to change, I'm going to go to therapy and this and that. But they're not actually, you know, if they, they can't explain to you why they do the things that they do and they can't explain to you, you know, why they did this and treated you that way or, or the reasons behind this or that, it means they're not really putting the work in to understand. You know how what they amazes are. me is when they can't say, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's, that's a common one. Yeah. It's like, yeah. just fucking apologize for being an asshole or being a douchebag and we can move forward. You know what I mean? Like it- Their whole life is concentrated around building and controlling an image. And like they just protect that with everything because that's really all they are. They don't have anything usually aside from that image. They know inside that they're hollow and that what they have is empty. So they can't let you attack that image in any way. And apology is part of that. The showing that weakness and showing that they were wrong usually only happens if they're using that apology to get something else. Yes, yes. I have to fucking, wow. Yeah, that's basically, yeah. You are so right. That's yeah, a tough thing. And, you know, in, in, in court, they tend to be uh, even worse about that, which, you know, if you're going up against one in court, it can work in your favor because if you know what you're doing, you can get them to blow up because they, you know, they can't tolerate having that image be tarnished. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, you know, it, a lot of times, yeah, I was dealing with someone who had a narcissistic ex and they were going pro se and they were doing it alone. And this guy, you know, he was just manipulating everyone. Or, mm-hmm. you know get there early you make buddies with everybody so that when she walks in she he makes sure that you know she sees him shaking hands with the marshal and you know talking to the clerk and this and that it's all this big intimidation thing that they use their this aura and this charisma that they have mm-hmm. you really you really need to know what you're doing to go up against them because there's certain ways that you have to attack and and manipulate them um, and, and not everybody can do it. It's a tough thing if you've got to deal with one in court and out. It's, you know, in court, you can't run. See, like, manipulation is not my thing. I mean, Mike knows. Like, I'm just not. That's not who you are. That's not who I am. Like, I can't sit there and be like, oh, you know, try to convince someone that the sky is fucking red. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just not like that, you know? And um, so it's really hard for me to even fathom someone trying to twist and you know brainwash another human being you know what I mean so it's like it's really hard for me to even grasp but you have to look at it as what's the end goal in all this right because a, a true narcissist doesn't do anything without an end goal in mind you know what I mean there has to be a a motive behind what they're doing so if you're going to take that as, as like the brainwashing of, of the kids or, or that sort of stuff, like mm-hmm. what's the end goal? You know what I mean? And, and I think it's just to hurt me. And, and I think so too. I agree a hundred percent. I think just knowing what I've known, having been around you for a few years now, like there is no other motivation than to get at you because, you know, let's be real. You're, you're 
you guys were together for a long time, but now you're not running back. And that's the pattern that you guys had established was, mm-hmm. you know, we go out, we, we get in our fights, we split up, we do whatever we're doing. And then it was always you that would come back. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you're not doing that. And so he's trying to punish you for not, not meeting that, that need, you know? I think what, what really got to me this recently is when I find, I found out he was sleeping with, my so-called friend um i confronted him and he was like she's your fucking friend i'm like you did you not have any fucking respect that i'm the mother of your children like did you not even like did but really like we we really should stop expecting you know uh respectful words and respectful actions from people who don't respect us that is a very true, true fucking statement. That's what I needed to hear. That's exactly what uh, I needed. You said something earlier, if I could just bounce back. So you mentioned that um, you always try to see the best in people. And that's something that I find is very common with narc victims, um, is the people who always try to see the best in people. And <clears throat> one question I usually ask, um, and I ask this to me and my girlfriend, because she's the same type, you know, always looking for the best in everybody. And my question is, are you looking for the best in people? Because you don't want to have to accept that someone could actually really be comfortable with treating you that shitty or accept that someone could think those things about you for real. And instead you just look for the best and focus on the best and you're not actually dealing with the horrible and fucked up things that they're doing. That, it's funny because Mike and I were having a conversation last night and I told him, you know, the reason why I always went back to him was because, or the reason why I am always so forgiving is because I'm afraid of abandonment. I'm afraid of people leaving me. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. You know, so I have some serious abandonment issues. So it's like I get, I'm forgiving because I want those people in my life so bad that. Well, you have, you know, I mean, you, you that's it's going to make it tough for you because you have you're finding your without realizing it, you are getting validation for your worth by from outside sources because mm-hmm. you need them around. You need the you need to know that these people want to be with you and that's deciding your value in a lot of ways. And that's that's yeah, you definitely got to work on that one. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think me saying it out loud was a big eye opener for me, you know, and it really helped me to see that, you know, things I needed to work on. And, you know, um, these were all learning lessons for me, I think, at the end of the day. And I really wanted to touch bases with you because you're educated with mental health. You have your own. We've talked about this before, you know what I mean? And um, we can go all day long about, you know, narcissism and... Yeah, but I mean, it sounds like you've hit that one. So there's there's usually a point that people usually hit when they have one in their lives that they really are finally done and they really do see what's going on and they see this person as sick and twisted and they no longer feel like they want their approval. Their approval feels gross. Yeah, it's, approval, uh, he has no know, value. Right. Like him, a compliment from him at this point would feel disgusting in your skin. Like, mm-hmm. like, like stains you. And usually when people get to that point, then they're finally ready to start gray rocking and finally ready to start taking control. But it takes people a while to get there. Usually, you know, in my experience between, you know, four and five episodes until you, when you, where you're like, I'm done. This guy's an asshole. I can't take it anymore. And you go back. 
or even if it's not going back physically, it's going back where, you know, in the way that you allow them back into your life and allow excuses for them and allow them the space that they shouldn't get. Yeah. Um, But it, it sounds like you hit that spot. I definitely have. I definitely hit that where you're not allowed to enter my my headspace anymore. You know what I mean? Because it's like, no matter what, he never he never complimented me on, you know, the success of my podcast, or, Mm -hmm. you know, um, just nothing. He made it almost impossible for me to not go to my women empowerment event. You know what I mean? It was just little Mm -hmm. things he would do just to sabotage me, you know? So it was like, that's when I knew you're not happy for me. You're not only if you were fucking me, then you would be happy for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. The the, the only reason narcs are in your life is because they need to eat and they eat your attention. And when you, when they are able to manipulate you, when they're able to control you, when they change the course of your life in the smallest way, that's, that's a, a big meal. You know, and then when they really get to do things that, you know, screw up your job or, you know, screw up your friendships, that's a feast. You know, they, they're, they're always trying to feed off of you in some way. And that's why I always tell people gray rock, gray rock, gray rock. You know, you can Google gray rock method. It's very common. It's very easy to follow. And it's, you know, you stop feeding them. You'd be so boring. You'd be unengaging. You just have nothing to offer them so that they can't feed. And, you know, they get aggravated with it at first. But if you can stick to it. They'll find they'll find someplace else to eat. That's sad. That's sad. So again, if you're dating him, fucking him, or you know him, or you're friends with him, you're fucked. (laughs) (laughs) That's the sad part because I really, you know, at the end of the day, I've known this guy. I wouldn't even call him a man, but I've known this guy for over half my life. So. you know, I really did think there was some good in him. And now I just don't see any of it. That's because you wanted there to be something good. That's exactly it. You know, you wanted that good things. You wanted to believe those things, especially because when you're married to someone, fuck, man, of course you want to see the best in somebody. Well, you know? and then at the end of the day, I'm like, who in the fuck was I married to? This is evil in the most purest form. Like, well, it's narcissism in its most purest forms. You know what I mean? It's it's, it's evil it, to me. It's this is this is who this person is, and that's not. You're finally seeing it. You know what I mean? And I think it's you're at that point where you can, you're ready to kind of make some some better changes because because you now have, the the love goggles are off or whatever. However you said it in the article. Well, you know? I think that he was just aiming to hurt me so bad with anything that had to do with my kids where it was like, I seen them hurting where I almost walked away from them. You know, it was just like, go be with your dad. You know, like, I just don't want to see you go through this anymore. So, and you know, with everything that's going on in this world, I would think he would want to like, you know, keep all the kids together or like, Hey, let, let me know if you need anything or anything like that. You know what I mean? But he, what he, well, what does he get out of that? Yeah. Nothing. You know what I mean? Like you, you have to ask yourself every time that these questions come up, well, what's this person getting out of it? Cause you know, that's, that's the true intention. That's the true motivation. So what does, yeah, that would make you happy. That would make the children happy to be in that environment. But what does he get out of it? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Them all being in one place away from him. Well, he doesn't get attention. He's not getting this. No one's telling him he's a good dad. No one's whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
And so what's he getting out of it? Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's a good question to ask yourself. Like when you want to start looking at someone's true motivation, well, what are they getting out of it? Right, right, right. I mean, I, yeah, I agree also that I think you have to be careful because that can be quite a burden and a really difficult way to live to constantly try. Like I just, I would, there are people out there who will, um, you know, try to play that game and try to figure out and outwit um, like a chess game with the narcissist. And you, you have to be careful, I think, to use the gray rock so that the only time you have to figure them out is in the rare instances when you really have to deal with them because you'll drive yourself crazy trying to figure them out. And the more you interact with them, the more shit there is to figure out. And you don't want to play chess with an expert chess player either. Right. I mean, just you know, give them the credit and just be like, fuck it, and just block them off. And, I mean, you have a really good partner at this point who's supporting you. You know, if you have somebody who has, you know, got your back and can bounce these things off you, hey, you know, even sometimes if it's just that letting the other person know every time you deal with them so that there's an accountability to yourself of, you know, not falling for their crap and getting a second set of ears on what's being said, um, you know, somebody to bounce things off of, you know, you can use your support network for these things. Um, you know, you're not in it alone. I think that's the beauty of my situation is that I have been able to maintain my sanity through this pandemic and through this shit show, my own personal shit show, you know, that I have a really good solid support system and it's people that I have kept in my life for maybe three years it's no one that has been in my like I don't have any long time you know Mm -hmm. friends or family or anything like that so and these people have become my family so I'm very very blessed for that you know support system but I mean the the women that email me and the women that need to you know need that support system you know that's where I'm just like I have no idea when what to tell them you know, yeah. and that's yeah, the sad part. Tough. One thing, uh, I mean, a lot of times when people finally do split from a, a narcissist, they they are still uh, triggered just by any communication. Just a text oh, yeah. message can make mm-hmm. your heart pound and that's how give I you am. anxiety. So I always tell clients who are dealing with one that we never uh, respond on the same day to a message unless it's an emergency. I read that. We always sleep on it. We just always sleep on it, and, and it pisses them off. But you know what? This way we have a clear head, um, and, and we're outside of that anxiety, and we're not making emotional decisions and how we respond and how we handle things. Right. And then you're not up till 3 in the morning arguing back and forth with someone like like, <laughs> like you're married, you know? <laughs> I'm. It's bad sometimes. Like, it can be over fucking, you know, can I pick up, you know, so-and-so shoes you know what I mean one of my children's shoes or and then it turns into something else and I'm just like fucking hey dude like and he works graveyards so it's like he's texting me when I should be sleeping you know yeah. so it's just no, ch- check out gray rock because you can you can even make yourself a list that it, uh, just a checklist to look at we only are allowed to talk about these limited things and then just a reminder that you will never change their mind. If they mm-hmm. change their mind, it's because they decided that they can use that in some way. Mm-hmm. So that list, plus you will never change their mind. And you'll find that these conversations don't last that long anymore because you just quit. 
Yeah. Because you remember, I can't change their mind. I'm not going to prove myself right. And what am I doing trying to prove myself to somebody who doesn't give a fuck about me in the first place? You know, one of the things that really um, I read um, about uh, narcissism was that they always go back to old relationships. Why is that? Well, I mean, if it's one where they had control when they left, um, they like to know that they still um, can feed off that anytime that they want. They like to know that they could snap their fingers and get this last person back if they wanted to, especially if that person's in a new relationship. They would like to know that even though it, it, it's like, you know, they don't want anybody playing with their toys, but if somebody is playing with it, they just like to know that they could snatch it back at any time. That makes it kind of okay in their head in this fucked up way. That's so fucked up. Like it is so like it's completely fucked. It's up. so <laughs> fucked up. Like I can't even like it just blows my mind the more and more like I'm, you know, being educated on this stuff. It's just like, can these I don't know how these people are just like blending in and walking among us. Well, it's the you're you're getting the ability to recognize something that you couldn't recognize before. And so now with that little bit and hopefully this is helping people who are listening mm-hmm. too. you know what I mean? Like that little bit of knowledge can kind of go, can, can help maybe someone turn a corner. Maybe someone who's listening to this is like, fuck, I never thought about it this way. Oh, for sure. I get tons of emails and, you know, asking me about narcissism and stuff like that. And I'm no doctor. I'm just, you know, I post my articles. I talk about my experiences, my stories and, you know, and how I'm dealing with it. I'm still fucking dealing with it. You know, (laughs) one thing I would like to say to people, just because we haven't really discussed any of the actual behaviors in depth, we haven't gone through any lists or anything. But if you go online, there are a number of quizzes you can take or a number of articles, you know, signs for our NPD or, you know, um, abusive narcissistic tendencies. Go online and look at those. And if you see them, I would just ask anybody who's listening, if you see them, believe it. Like, people aren't making these articles and lists, you know, and pulling things out of their ass. And You know, and one thing we can do is we can, um, on that article, we'll find one of these, one of these, um, we'll find a link to something where they can, it's like a checklist, like you can kind of check Yeah, I think that'd out. be a great idea. A yeah. Because a lot of people, when they see it in black and white, they don't want to admit it. You know what I mean? Like they'll discuss ways that, oh, maybe that's not them. And and that's just one thing I just, I ask people, if you see it in black and white, try to accept it. Yeah, you, you have know, to. You have it, to accept it. Uh, yeah. And, well, I mean, it, you even when you accept it, you know, like yourself, you you knew this a while ago. Yeah. Oh no, you, I you know, knew, I've known finally, this, but you know? it's just so like it's, it's, it's like, becoming real. Like it's so yeah. fucking real now. Where before it was like, you know, just a, you know, in my brain, like, oh, he's yeah, okay, you know. But now it's like it is so fucking. It's so fucked up. You know, it's going to get worse from here now because now that if as soon as. He realizes that that hold that he had on you is gone. Um, nothing it gets their attention and focus more than that loss of control. So he's going to be coming at you with everything for a while. I know. And I'm just like trying to gear up because like even the cop was like, you know, well, that's what this fucking cop was a dick. He was like, you know, that's mental abuse, right? And I'm like. <laughs> No shit, Sherlock. Like, I mean, I fucking advocate towards, you know, for mental health. Like, there's no fucking way I would do that to my child. 
You know what I mean? This is what I do for a fucking living. Like, are you kidding me? I would never belittle my daughter every day. Like there's, that's just not part of who I am. So it's just, I, I know once the court gets back open, I know that he is going to either serve me or I'm going to serve him. I don't, I don't know how it's going to play out yet, but I know it's going to get pretty fucking ugly. Well, that actually gives you a little bit of time to practice your gray rock and practice your reactions and how you're going to handle this when it does happen and, you know, try to take your emotion out of it. Can you give our listeners like a real short, like a super abridged version of what gray rocking is? Well, uh, it's, it's kind of what I um, had discussed the last time where it's, Mm -hmm. it's beyond uninteresting. So um, in your community, you limit your communications to only um, the bare bones of what has to be discussed. So, you know, if, um, say, your ex texts you because they need to drop the kids off at four and they're like, OK, you know, I'm going to be 15 minutes late, you know, OK. But then they start trying to tell you about their day and all the reasons why and, and try to pull you into this conversation that seems innocent enough, but it's it's sucking you into their life. So then that ends up spinning into arguments and different other things. So it's, you know, you remember that you're only there to talk about the bare minimum. So the only thing that matters to you is that they're going to be there at 415. Everything else you do not give a shit about. Don't get involved in the conversation. You know, let them talk. Okay, ignore it or, or, you know, don't respond to it. And when they ask you about what's going on with you or like when they um, say if you're going to be 15 minutes late and they want all these excuses and, and answers why, they want to hold you accountable, they want you to defend yourself. No, you're 15 minutes late, that's it. Don't have the conversation. Don't, you, you know, and, and your instinct is to defend yourself. Your instinct is to be like, well, it's 15 minutes. It's nothing. What about the time when you were two out? Yeah, you know that's I mean? how I am. I and always that, defend that's, myself. That's food. That's food for them. So it's, I'm 15 minutes late. And if he says, why, what the fuck? Nothing. There's there's nothing more to it. That's it. You And you just keep it boring, keep it limited, and just stop having giving opportunities for conversation. Um, and, and just... Right down the line, as and the more that you do it, the the more that they can't get a reaction out of you, the more boring you become because they don't know anything about your life. Right. And, and they eventually they do move on and find something else to eat. Right. So let me ask you this: What do you? What would? How would you handle like functions and stuff like that? Because at this at this point, in, with my co-parenting situation, I don't even feel safe going to a softball game. You know, one of my kids' softball games. I haven't went. I haven't even went to a practice because the last time I went, he he had his cousins there threatening me. You know, oh, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, so you don't really have a choice. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you can't go without it causing problems. Mm-hmm. Um, are the kids seeing that? Yeah, they they didn't. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's bad. I mean, That's why I'm saying. I, I like, mean, if they're teenagers, it might not be a bad idea to sit down and explain to them that you're not missing it because you don't care about them and because you don't want to be there, but because it causes a problem and you're trying to keep peace. And Thank you. Yes. That's what, that's what I was telling my, my kids and they do understand. And you don't need to say that he's a scumbag and he's an asshole and he does this and this, you know, you can let them draw that conclusion. You can just let them know, Hey, do you remember that time? Mm-hmm. And the cousin, this and this came over and did this and this, and that's really bad for me. And it made it really difficult for me and affects how I can function. And it, you know, I want to make sure that I'm capable of being a good parent. And, you know, it's better for me if I avoid those situations, but I love you very much. And I wish I could be there, but for now I can't. And right. Let them figure out that he's an asshole and that he's causing those problems. Right. And I think that's what my argument was with my teenager is that I was trying to tell her, like, you know, her going to a specific house was causing problems between her and I and for her 
to respect my wishes. And her dad knew that I didn't want her going to that house and he was letting her stay the night, you know, and I found out and then that started this big old argument. So therefore I'm this terrible mother that's keeping her away from her friend. You know what I mean? When I'm trying to teach her morals and values and, you know, and honor. And if I don't feel safe with her going to a home, that is it, period. She needs to understand that, you know? One thing that, yeah, I had a lot of conflict with my parents when I was younger. But one thing that um, my dad did a few times that I really valued later in life was, you know, when there were situations where he wouldn't let me do things and, you know, I was always, you know, a little lawyer and I wanted to argue about everything. And I thought I had all the reasons and this and that, and I made a good case. So why can't I do it? You know, I've defeated all your reasons, you know, in my mind. And, um, he would tell me that, you know, these are my reasons why, and it's this, and I believe that this is the best thing to do as your parent. And this is what I believe to do is right. And I hope someday you'll be able to look back on this and understand. And, that, and at the time, I was just like, it's old people talk, you know, whatever the fuck I'm worried about right now. But as I did get older, um, you know, I was able to look back and see the rationale and understand why he made the decisions that he did. And even if I don't agree with them today, I can understand that he thought he was doing his best. And to him, that was his best. And that has helped my relationship with him a lot. And I think one of the things with teenagers is you're not going to get a lot of validation now, per se, um, when you're dealing with conflict like that. It's in, But if you present it in the right way, I think you can get it later. And that relationship can be stronger when they're more equipped for it. Right. So let me ask you this. With teenagers, teenagers are fucking assholes. I'm sorry. I love them and <laughs> I love mine, <laughs> but I don't think I could ever be a teacher or anything like that because <laughs> they drive me nuts. Um, but let me, let me ask you this. In my situation, what do you think I should do? Should I just go gray rock with my daughter as well? Well, I, I don't, I don't think that I would gray rock a kid. I, I think <clears throat> I would, I would probably want to talk to a, a child therapist and ask them for some advice on, on how they sh you should be dealing with that. Um, because I have because no idea. Because when she's, yeah, I mean, well, because if, we're not talking about just a typical disagreement between parent and teen over, you know, what we should do. We're talking about somebody who's being manipulated by a narc in such a way that they're making up stories at this point and seem to believe those stories mm -hmm. so that's a little out i mean that's a professional level stuff as far as i'm concerned so if you can't get her in to see a shrink i would probably want to talk to a shrink myself and get some recommendations right <laughs> yeah, i need a I shrink mean, that's tough. like oh i mean how do you unbrainwash someone yeah exactly that's what i was telling you know, who, mike who walks through life you know yeah I'm like, how yeah. am I going to, I don't, it's, it's you can't be down on yourself for not being able to figure that one out. It's, it's a trip because it's like, she's so out of character. Her and I are close. We're really close. Would you not agree, Mike? Oh yeah, for sure. We're and have you ever seen me like belittle her? Or Never. No, not the not in the whole time I've known you. It's it's crazy. Well, I just think that maybe she just wants the attention because I've been so fucking busy, where she just wants attention. Where he's the only one that's buying her things and taking her places, and you know, being that Disneyland dad. That when it comes yeah, down but you to you said you were close to her. If you're I emotionally am. close, that I mean, that you know, especially with a daughter. Uh, I mean, that I know the Disneyland stuff. 
only goes so far. If you have that emotional bond, I mean, a teen girl is going to, you know, that's has some value. That's... She's so upset because I did. Um, I told her she had to live with her dad. And that's where I think she lost, lost her shit where, you know, I, because she was, she lied to me. Well, you gave her a choice. Yeah, I did give her a choice. You gave her a choice. You told her like, hey, look, if you're going to. Act like this. Act like this. You you can't do that at at this house, you Mm -hmm. know? And so, you know, she she made her choice. That doesn't mean the door's closed, you know? I I know. She's going to miss that emotional closeness because she's not going to get it anywhere else no. stuff is stuff stuff is cool is she for a able minute. to come back to you if she oh my to. god yeah i've been begging her but she has me blocked okay. she has okay. me blocked yeah juliet's made it very clear that the door is is wide open mm-hmm. whenever she wants and that's what i keep trying to reinforce with her is telling her that like like look this stuff is is only good for so long like she's gonna miss that that bond that emotion that all, all those pieces that those nurturing pieces that that she that Juliet offers, you know, mm-hmm. that, that you can't, it's tough to find in a lot of people and, and she'll make her way back, you know? Well, not at she... the same time though, if she knows what he is, just the notion that you would even send her there could be very difficult. I know accept. that's exactly what I was thinking. Thank you for, yes, because I was, she was, she's been throwing her dad under the bus. Like, you know, you know, the way dad is, or, you know, dad's like this, dad's like that. And then all of a sudden it's like, why do you, why are you choosing to be with someone that you know is like that? You know what I mean? Like, it just like, it blows my mind. So, I mean, these are all the red flags that I think that I wanted to bring to light in my situation. Cause I know that they're very, very common you know, and, um, I think just bringing this awareness is so important because I didn't know any of this stuff. I mean, even like, you know, the last time we spoke, yeah, I, the red flags were there, but I didn't think it was going to get this bad, you know? So, yeah, I think, you know, what you said about, you know, just putting some examples up for people to see. And then, you know, as long as they understand, you know, when you see this, it's not going to change. And, you know, we did discuss the circumstances where it can change. And if that was going on, it, you, you wouldn't be there for it. It's intensive therapy. It takes years. You know, this is not something somebody goes to see a therapist, you know, once every two weeks for and while well, you sit by and ride it out with them. That, 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 you know, it doesn't work that way. you got to go. Right, right, right. Wow. Thank you so much, Billy. I, it was a pleasure, and I always enjoy um, our conversations and our episodes. And till we meet again, or till we talk again. <laughs> Happy subject next time, maybe. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Until next time, this is Broken Girl Unchained. <laughs>